DiscerningHearts.com presents Inside the Pages, insights from today's most compelling authors. I'm your host, Chris McGregor, and I am delighted to be joined by John Galton, who has written a foreword for the new edition of The Spiritual Direction of St. Claude de Colombier. St. Claude was canonized by Pope John Paul II. He gave guidance to countless souls, including St. Margaret Mary Alcott, the 17th century French visionary who received the Sacred Heart Revelations. In prayer, she heard Jesus say of Father Claude that his talent is to lead souls to God. With John Galton, we go inside the pages of The Spiritual Direction of St. Claude de Colombier, published by Ignatius Press. John, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, you're welcome. I'm pleased to be here, Chris. I'm delighted that this book, The Spiritual Direction of St. Claude de Colombier, has been reissued by Ignatius Press. This is such a spiritual gem. How did you become associated with it? Well, uh, first of all, I was helpful with Ignatius Press uh, being in at the beginning of it and doing that. And they began publishing not only new books, but reprints of, of, of spiritual classics from the past. So uh, how did I become aware of, uh, of St. Claude? Um, do you mind a long story, Chris? <laughs> I love a long story, especially if it's okay. about St. Claude de Colombier. Yeah, well, I, I was teach- I started teaching in the Catholic high schools in 1968, and I taught for about eight years and, and was pretty tired and burned out. And I took a year off just to think about how to get to the kids today about the, the truths of the faith and, and to encourage them to be a part of it. Anyway, I took a year off and, and thought about a lot of things during that year and figured out that what the young people were missing were the persons of Jesus and Mary, to, how to make those two persons real in, in catechesis to the young people and understand that what the Catholic faith is about is a personal relationship. And in the in the course of that year, I uh, did a lot of study on the Sacred Heart, and that's how I came across St. Claude de Colombier, who was so instrumental because of his contact with St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, who one could say is the foundress of the modern uh, devotion to the Sacred Heart. So that's how I, I so blessed St. Claude was such a prominent figure in her life as as his spiritual director. I became very interested in him. Well, he is a, a wonderful figure. My first real encounter with him myself was a, I just, believe it or not, I just happened to be in Paralimonial, France. And it was for a the, the first Sacred Heart World Congress that was being held oh. there. And, you know, I knew a little bit about him until, you know, but then I went to the church where we were very blessed. His relics still are. And and I ran across this original book. It just happened to be sitting in a pew um, in this little chapel where the apparition of our Lord to St. Margaret Mary occurred. And as I picked it up, I found it an incredible resource just to be able to navigate the spiritual journey. I mean, his is a remarkable story, isn't it? It is. He, I mean, it, he was uh, joined the Jesuits when he was quite young, 17, uh, you know, rose through the ranks, became ordained, uh, ended up in England for a while, 
uh, as the spiritual director to the Duchess of York, uh, was imprisoned there uh, because of the persecution of Catholics, uh, which broke his health. He was able to be repatriated back to France. But it was as a spiritual director that he that he shone. He, Saint Margaret Mary was having such a hard time with the revelations that our Lord was not because the revelations were a problem, but because there was resistance in her community to this what appeared to be a new devotion, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So our Lord sent her uh, his true and perfect friend, uh, Saint Claude who guided her through those very difficult times in which she felt so alone and anxious and vulnerable. Uh, so he was extremely um, uh, valuable and key to, to, the, to the devotion itself, which he, he continued to preach. In some ways, I think their relationship is kind of remarkable in the extent that it reminds me so much of the relationship between St. Catherine of Siena and Blessed Raymond of Capua, where he essentially, St. Claude, was sent, if I'm not mistaken, John, to help this soul that was having this extraordinary experience. And he was a man who was no slouch, who was brilliant. I think as we look at his character, not only was he intellectually brilliant uh, and and really committed to the path of holiness, but he had a cer- certain personal qualities that were certainly enhanced by, by a life of virtue. He was very kind. Uh, he uh, was uh, very patient. Uh, he would all he could be firm, but always with with the gentle hand. In in some ways. He reminds me of the personality of, of the great other great spiritual saint uh, 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 Francis de Sales with, mm-hmm. with his kindness and his gentleness, and, and he was able to guide her, kind of settle her down, fill her with the with confidence in God that he was not deceiving her. So he he was brilliant at those kind of things, both gentle and firm at the same time, which is which is kind of a rare quality. I think we can say, can't we, if it weren't for St. Claude de Colombier, the devotion to the Sacred Heart would never have captured the attention of the world. He was vitally necessary in its spread, was he not? You know, I think it it could be said this way, Chris, that uh, because Jesus did send him to St. Margaret Mary, we, we could say as a res- that, that he was necessary. And and it was his spiritual direction, it was his uh, guidance and, and the support, spiritual support that he gave her, that actually gave her the strength and the courage to persevere in what our Lord was asking of her. And he also preached throughout France, all over England, about the devotion to the Sacred Heart, promoting it as he had heard uh, it expressed from the lips of uh, St. Margaret Mary. It became a devotion that the order to which he belonged, the Jesuits, would take up. It would be very, very dear to them, at least during that period. You know, you wish you heard just a little bit more about it now, you know, from those Jesuits. But but at that time, I mean, when you go to the Jesu, there's a a beautiful image of the Sacred Heart that is just welcoming devotion by the faithful. It is. It it is unfortunately a, a largely uh, forgotten, but it's it's recovering now. It, it's it's coming back. Yes, the Jesuits were initially extremely helpful to the promotion of the devotion, 
and and Father uh, Saint Claude himself formed a couple of young Jesuits who went on, Father Galafay and 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 others, to 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 continue to promote the devotion, and gradually it began to snowball, and and then ultimately became a universal feast of the church, and and spread throughout the world. I, I would say, in a certain sense. Its high point was just before World War II, and and uh, and of course World War II was a great disruption of everything. But the the Jesuits still uh, they still have the Apostleship for Prayer, and that still is one of the primary uh, goals. Uh, its primary goal is to spread confidence and devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and that. Uh, needs to be revived because uh, and the Jesuits still uh, have a, a, an office which promotes the devotion of the Apostleship of Prayer in Rome and they still issue writings etc etc but of course always more can be done and with any great act of the Holy Spirit too I mean even as you said it, it began to reach to crescent at World War II here we had this great lifting up of the Divine Mercy which is, in yes. essence, the, the twin messages, sacred-hearted Jesus, I trust in you, and essentially, again, the imploring of our Lord, trust me. It, it comes down to that, doesn't it? It, it, it does, and, and that was largely, large, not exclusively, but largely the message of St. Claude in his spiritual direction. In the book, which, which uh, celebrates his writings, which has been published in the third edition, it, that notion of trust, of, of abandonment of the soul to the providence, the plan of God, loving plan of God for each soul. Uh, it's interesting that you bring up the Divine Mercy, uh, Chris, because if you look closely at the image, uh, you don't see the image of the Sacred Heart on the breast of Christ, but you see his hand, his finger discreetly pointing to the source of the rays of mercy coming from from uh, his heart, but he's pointing to his heart. So, in the devotion of the Sacred Heart, there is an impl- there is a, a, an emphasis on the divine and human love of Christ. In the Divine Mercy, we're we're talking about the uh, the gift of grace and, and mercy that pours out from the heart of Christ. So, in a certain sense, there are two faces of this of the same coin. I've always thought that was very interesting, because if I'm not mistaken. And, and we will be talking more about the book, but just to before we leave this uh, conversation about the Sacred Heart, that in that original image, or at least as reported by St. Margaret Mary, that that the Lord actually just pulled back his flesh and revealed the heart, didn't actually hold the heart in his hand. That's and, right. And so really what the image, just what you pointed out about the divine mercy, there is such a continuity to that revelatory act of the Spirit. It's, and it's also interesting, it's, it's not just that he revealed in an external sense his heart, you know, which is the symbol of, of the great deep personal love he has not only for the Father and the Holy Spirit, but for each one of us in, in the world. He actually invites her to enter into his heart, and she describes that mystical entrance into his heart in which she said she was in a great furnace of, of, of infinite love. And so overwhelming was the love that she, 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 kept, she kept saying to him, crying out, you know, stop, stop, you know, I'm dying, you know, because of the incredible impact of the immensity of God's love uh, that is concentrated in the, in the Savior himself.
it's not a it, it shouldn't be seen as an exterior devotion it it partakes of that mystery of the of the divine presence the divine indwelling in in each soul by sanctifying grace in which the father son and holy spirit come into the soul via the sacraments and and as the gospel of john says they make their home there and they will reveal themselves to the soul itself mm. so it's a beautiful interior message not just an exterior devotion I think I could talk to you about the Sacred Heart all day, John. <laughs> Just to let people know about St. Claude de Colombier, that the experience that St. Margaret Mary was having seems so extraordinary. The gift of his spiritual direction is that he was a soul, never sought those type of consolations that would seem extraordinary in themselves. He was a very very prudent, very prayerful, grounded, yes. focused soul, was he not? Yes, he was. And the book of spiritual direction by St. Claude is, is so important today because while on the one hand in Vatican II and the document on the church, there's the call to universal holiness that everyone in the church is called to be saintly, if not a saint. But we live in a world that is fraught with confusion, distractions. Uh, I mean, the, the battle between good and evil has kind of entered into a new and, and in a certain sense, more chaotic and violent stage. Uh, and, and there are so many distractions with all the electronic toys and everything else. What tends to get lost is, is the interior life, the, that we're here in this life to make our way uh, to heaven, to the, to the Father's house in heaven. And and in, we desperately need the masters of, of the interior life to teach us how to avoid uh, all the distractions in life, how to place all of our trust in, in God, you know, how to, to love him, to love his church, etc., etc. And, and he's a master in a very simple, kind, direct way of helping souls, even today, even a book that's several hundred years old, the perennial truth of the spiritual direction comes out and, and gives the soul uh, the confidence and a sure way uh, to develop an interior spiritual life. So glad you bring this up because th this is why this book is such a gem, because there are so many people out there, John, right now who are hearing all over and, oh, I wish it could be so that everyone yes. could have a spiritual director. But yes. the, the reality is that is not always easy to find for most. And, that is exactly true. And this book, I'm telling you right now, folks, this is so steeped in the sacramental experience and the enrichment of those, those moments, that entering of prayer. I can see why the Lord entrusted St. Claude with the message. Yes. You know, uh, Chris, uh, Mortimer Adler, the great advocate of the great books programs, he said one time that, that reading the great books is, allows you to have a conversation with the, with the great thinkers and minds of, of history. And here in this book by Blessed, by St. Claude, I keep calling him Blessed, by the way, because for much of my life, he was not yet declared a saint which didn't happen until the papacy of, of John Paul II. Anyway, uh, we can have a conversation with Paul. Uh, St. Claude can 
tell us in, in, in a conversational mode uh, about the spiritual life. And the book is so simply and delightfully written. There's nothing bookish about it. There's nothing uh, too elevated for the ordinary person to grasp what he's saying. And, and it's written, a lot of it, from his letters. And so there is a, a kind of a, f- a form of dialogue so that he, he teaches us, and oftentimes, many times, maybe most of the time, that's all we need to, to walk the path of, of the spiritual life. Now, I'm glad you brought up St. John Paul. Because the fact that he would be the one who would elevate him into the canonization process to bring us, and I mean to highlight St. Claude de Colombier, he's the same great St. Pope John Paul II who really emphasized that call to, that from Vatican II, the, the call to universal holiness. And this is how you do it. This is the direction of Claude de Colombier is precisely how it can be achieved, isn't it? It is exactly true, and and today above all, we we need the the guides to help us to discover uh, loving intimacy with the person of Christ. Uh, John Paul, interestingly, spoke about the Sacred Heart more than any other pope in history, uh, and he and and so it's mm. entirely appropriate as as he the uh, John Saint John Paul as he was guiding the Church to the spiritual renewal, the so-called New Pentecost that that Vatican II uh, was to inaugurate, he certainly is going to give us the saints who will guide us on that path. And you know, we can't, I think, Chris, it's important for people to remember, uh, I think people think that the spiritual life is somehow a vacation at Cancun or Club Med or, you know, uh, sipping pina coladas by the ocean. It's hard. I mean, it's a, the, the catechism talks about the battle of prayer in, in the fourth pillar of the, of the catechism. Uh, it, it's, it's tough. Jesus described it as the way that is narrow winding, and he described the path of perdition as wide and easy. So people have to decide, you know, either by desperation or by inspiration to say, I need to... To get to heaven, I have to have an interior life. I have to be, I have to be like Christ. And uh, certainly, Saint John Paul gave us in Saint Claude one of the most useful guides to that narrow, winding path to the Father's house in heaven. We'll return to Inside the Pages in just a moment. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, Tune in and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts.
A Prayer of St. Ignatius of Loyola Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all that I have and call my own. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to Inside the Pages. I'm so glad you mentioned that. And I think, you know, we, we've also lived through times, and I, and I say this, John, in all due respect to our brothers and sisters in Christ, who, when I say that, we have to be leery of entering into a Pentecostal type of charismatic fervor that can sweep us off our feet in emotions and in what may be encountered in those moments. And because here it is, St. Claude de Colombier, who, again, it, it rightly had dealt with a soul that God used in an extraordinary way to reveal something. And yet we need to be grounded. I mean, we yes. otherwise we can be led down paths that can lead to, um, I'll just say, very challenging, very problematic. Yes. Well, it it can easily become a kind of spiritual delusion. Mm-hmm. I think you alluded to one characteristic of, of St. Claude that's extremely important. He was so calm and measured. I mean, nobody could fault him for, for not having zeal. I mean, he had mm-hmm. it. When you read the book, you'll see how passionately he talks about Christ and, and the work he was doing and the zeal that was that accompanied. Um, but he also shows us that there's that there's a balance here that uh, that there is great need to uh, to uh, keep the emotions, not repress the emotions, but but direct them, guide them, harness them as we see in, in the virtues in, in the, uh, the new catechism so that he achieves this balance because, I mean, anyone who had those revelations from Jesus to, to St. Margaret Mary that were so profound and mystical and extraordinary is going to need the balance to express that to others because uh, it, it would be so easy to become unbalanced in the presentation of those things and fanatical and therefore unbelievable. Uh, and, and he, with his great 
calmness that came out of his trust in divine providence and and that that gift of 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 spiritual balance is helpful to do that and 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 it also i mean nobody can you know there's an interesting book that should be read by everybody it's out of print i think uh, chris but it's called enthusiasm another word for zeal uh, written by monsignor ronald knox and for the whole for, for the whole practically seven eighths of the book he shows all the problems with zeal in the past and then the and then he said at the end of the book but the church can't do without zeal but it can't be runaway zeal it it has to be governed by the holy spirit and by human reason so that it finds a calm trusting expression that people can uh absorb and uh and accept so glad you brought that up i mean i just think that's so essential because we do want to go deeper we do and it, and it is that union, as Margaret Mary experienced, it, we are initiated into mystery. That's, yes. I mean, it is, sacrament is the Latin for the, the Greek term mysterium. Yes. And so we are called to enter into that. And, and yet, because we are in full communion, the Roman Catholic Church, we have that. And St. Claude saw it, and he would, he was such a lover of the Eucharist yes. and of yes. Holy Communion. I mean, those first few chapters in this book are, yes. are worth the book itself. Indeed, that one little, that first first uh, little notice about how he talks about the Eucharist, that there's nothing greater, no greater glory we can give to God than that. And, and that's a message that Catholics need to hear, that when you go to Mass, it's not necessarily that you have to have kind of stoked up enthusiasm for it. But you go there and you participate by praying the Mass, by listening to what you're saying. By, uh, it's, a, it's a spiritual drama, and you're an actor in it. You're not, a, you're not a, a member of the audience. I mean, you're actually participating in, in this, um, this mysterious entering into the suffering, death, passion, and resurrection of our Lord, and he becomes present. And it takes a Catholic who has a life of prayer and, and who uh, understands that emotions come and emotions go. But what remains is that great, mysterious, real presence of our Lord, not only in the Holy Eucharist, but in a life of grace, sanctifying grace. And, and uh, Catholics have to, to learn the ways of prayer, uh, so that they can encounter the real Jesus Christ and recognize him where he is to be found. And St. Claude does that in his book. He, he just gives us such careful and insightful guidance to find that path to the Lord. It is so essential. I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't it the Sacred Heart as he spoke to Margaret Mary said, you know, that one of the things that was abhorrent to him. I mean, it was like vomit in his mouth was the experience of the lukewarm Catholic. Yeah. I don't want to presume, but it's like a lack of joy, the, the, what you're receiving. And I think we experience that today, don't we, John, where people, they want to go to this experience or this conference or this program, and they don't, while Mass is happening right there down yes. the street, it, it, it may just be one priest and a handful of other parishioners, but that is better than any healing conference, any any 
big thing you could ever attend to, but we just don't realize it, do we? No, it's uh, the rediscovery, I think, of of the mysteriousness presence of our Lord in in the Holy Eucharist and what the liturgy is all about. And without a life of prayer, without a life of, of devotion and prayer, it, it's it's impossible to see that. Uh, in John Paul's letter to America, in which he laid out the the plan of renewal for the church, basically for the next thousand years, he talks about the real encounter with Christ, uh, particularly in prayer and, of course, in sacrament. But prayer is the path to the recognition of Christ in in the Holy Eucharist and and to and to guide the heart to. And you mentioned joy, which is particularly now. Joy is a byproduct of love. I mean, you can't seek joy for itself. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. It's elusive at that level. Joy comes from following one of the fundamental aspects of of the human person. Not only do we have intellect and will, but we also, because we're made in the image and likeness of God, who is a communion of persons of life and love. Unless we love, we cannot enter into that deeper wisdom in which we recognize the Lord uh, in in the sacraments and everything. And and prayer is the path to that. Uh, And and the guidance of St. Claude in his book on spiritual direction helps us to navigate the superficial in prayer, temptations, uh, what how prayer, how our, our faith and, and prayer in daily life through the fulfillment of our duties for the sake of the glory and praise of God, all of that uh, leads us deeper into the mystery of Christ, Christ because we encounter him. And it's that meeting with him, that, that, that fruitful meeting in, in which we recognize the, what the apostles said when they saw the resurrected Jesus, that cry of joy, it is the Lord. And, and that has to be restored to Catholic life, or the or the the new evangelization, the renewal of the church, beautifully prophesied in Vatican II, is is going to labor to be born, mm-hmm. and it will be delayed unless we get really serious about an interior life, a, a life in which we, above all things, seek God. You are so articulate in this, John, because. In the new evangelization, what John Paul called for was a reawakening of what the baptized Catholic has the yes. opportunity to experience if they're if they just would be open to receiving. Yes. And it's not even. I think we confuse this sometimes. Where yes, we love our brothers and sisters in in our Christian faith through baptism, and we want to announce it to the world. But that's evangelization, and it's essential. But the new evangelization was to bring back joy into the hearts of the Catholic, isn't it? Yes. Well, John Paul and Benedict both talked about joy. Uh, Pope Francis wrote uh, a letter on uh, apostolic, of uh, the joy of the gospel. Um, (laughs) You know, do you mind a personal story about joy? No, please. I'd love it. (laughs) When I first was teaching in high school, it was a tough time to teach. It was the late 60s, early 70s. The world was a mess. The church was in a, in a state of high excitement but deep confusion. Uh, it was just very hard to teach the kids. They were confused, etc. 
And after about six months of this, I, I really got exhausted and I really lost my joy. And I knew, you know, from my own experience and from the experience of, of the, the great teachers of the faith, one of whom is St. Claude, that you've got to have this joy or you can't announce the gospel because the gospel has to be announced with joy. So I, I, uh, I uh, was giving another class uh, across the bay, and, and there was a woman there said, she, and I talked a little bit about that in my class, and, and then about three days later, and I told, I told Our Lady, I put her in the hands, I said, look, Mary, here's the deal. If I don't get my joy back, uh, I have to stop teaching because you can't, you can't teach the religion of the gospel without joy. And about three days later from that woman that was in my class, she sent me a, uh, Our Lady's answer. Our Lady's answer was the Rosary of the Seven Joys of Mary. Well, I kind of laughed about that. I said, okay, well, this is pretty dramatic, you know what I mean? Our Lady really, I could see her, her hand in this. So I, I began praying that, but that Rosary of the Seven Joys. And my joy came back as a gift. But that cemented in my mind very clearly that experience that we have to, to know the Lord. We have to have a relationship with our lady or we lose that joy or we never attain that joy that we all hope for. But it's really dependent on our commitment in love to Christ himself, to his church, to our lady and, and, and to accept the kind simple, helpful direction of, of St. Claude in his book on spiritual direction, that all of that are the ingredients to the joy that we must have if we're going to announce the good news to the world. I am so delighted that this, this book is out once again. You got the opportunity to write not just one foreword, but two forewords <laughs> to this book. What a blessing that is. Thank you, Ignatius Press. <laughs> Well, it was my honor. And it must have been a treat, or quite humbling, when your approach to do a foreword. I was asked to do one once, and because you're not the author, but you're able to try to open the door to introduce it to the you know a, a new reader. And what you've done here, not once but twice, is swung both doors open just beautifully wide. And you know, it was an honor for me, uh, Chris. But I think the saints are our friends, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And I should like to think that St. Claude is my friend, because I too, like you, went to Pere Limonial and did visit uh, the visitation chapel there, and I did visit the church where the relics of, of St. Claude are. And, and he has become, in a certain sense, my friend, and so, because he has been so helpful to me, I want to recommend him to everybody else so the benefits of his friendship can be felt in their lives the way they have been in my life. There are many things out there, many resources for particular seasons, whether it's Lent or Advent or whatever, but this is one of those resources that can all year round, all the time. Uh, you, yes. you just cannot go wrong with St. Claude de Colombier. And John, I am so thankful that we've been able to talk with you today. Any final thoughts? Um, well, if we Catholics really want the new evangelization to, first of all, take root in our own heart, we have to go to the spiritual masters 
like the little book of St. Claude de Colombier, and really get on the path to ourselves being evangelized or re-evangelized in a way uh, that fills, fills us with the, with the apostolic fire of Christ's own heart. Mm. And St. Claude's book is a very important path to that. Amen. Should be, <laughs> it is an absolute must-have in every Catholic home, every Catholic uh, library, or just, but better yet, have it by your bedstand. Just grab it. Exactly. Yeah, just grab it in the morning. Just read one of the, just as though he's speaking to you that day, or before you go to sleep at night so you can kind of rest with it. It is the breakfast of champions. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yes. Amen. Cloud of witnesses are cheering. I can hear it now. Oh, John, thank you so very You're much. You're welcome. God bless you, Chris. With John Galton, we've gone inside the pages of The Spiritual Direction of St. Claude de Colombier. To learn more about this book or to obtain a copy, go to Ignatius.com, the website for its publisher, Ignatius Press. Or you can find it at any fine Catholic bookstore. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit DiscerningHearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about Discerning Hearts and join us next time for Inside the Pages, insights from today's most compelling authors. 